Next on BYU Sports Nation, paging a healthy BYU quarterback. So many injuries. Who's going to start against Liberty? Could it be Zach Wilson? It's a ball night for BYU hoops. We'll lay down some eventual cold takes on the season. And Jonathan Tavernari joins us in studio. Plus, is it really NCAA tournament or bust for BYU basketball? Even with all that offseason adversity, let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, November 5th, wherever. And however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who still uses the original Internet Explorer, Jerem Jordan. Okay, I don't, but I saw this tweet at It's Amy Miller. Saw this guy walking around campus, this is BYU's campus, with a big poster on him featuring the Internet Explorer logo. This is yesterday. And I was like, huh? Halloween was four days ago. He's a little slow. And then I got it. And this kid is a genius. That's hilarious. His Halloween costume was four days late because it's Internet Explorer. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Here it is. And it's uh, Merge Coombs. How about that? Happy Halloween. That's so funny. I used uh, Netscape quite a bit Netscape in the beginning. Do you remember Navigator. that? Yeah. Yeah. Dial up that connection. Fun fact, Blaine Fowler still has an AOL email address. America I told Online him you can auto thing. You can auto forward. Yeah, I guess. You can auto for he gets the CD every month. He loads it in. <laughs> You've got mail. Version 37.8. Yeah. Amazing. Right? Here's the CD. <laughs> oh my goodness. He puts Does, in his laser disc. Do you know anybody else with an AOL email address? No. Do any of you have an AOL email You guys want to know what it is? You want to know Blaine's name? You just email That'd be funny. We just jump in with all these random emails. It's hilarious. Then he would probably delete it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's make him delete it. Well, what are you doing, Spam man? Spam his inbox. Awesome, man. Fantastic Halloween costume. Oh, good stuff. Big time Tuesday show lineup. Former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon on why he thinks... BYU could run the table and finish 9-4. and four. Jonathan Tavernari ready to drop knowledge bombs. What's his preseason speech to BYU basketball? And our sometimes accurate and sometimes freezing cold BYU basketball season projections. Guaranteed. Guaranteed to be freezing. I promise, or I guarantee, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines are 100% accurate. Starting with this. Four and four BYU football following rivalry wins over Boise State and Utah State will host the Liberty Flames on Saturday. Live coverage on BYU TV begins with countdown to kickoff at 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. And listen to this. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson listed on the depth chart for the first time since breaking his thumb against Toledo. What? It's either Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall or could it be Zach Wilson? What say ye, coach? If it's up to him, he wants to play in the game. But, you know, and, and, and I, I, I love the fact that he wants to be on the field and help the team win at whatever capacity. And, and it doesn't matter the position for him, but he's a quarterback, and, and we'll get him right. Uh, when, when medical staff tells us he's ready to go, then we'll, we'll, we'll go with them. Okay. Kalani had mentioned that Zach joked he wanted to play safety, you know, in a game prior. So there's the context. Men's Hoops hosts Cal State Fullerton in regular season opener tonight on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Head coach Mark Pope wants BYU to summon its inner Star Wars. On the offensive end, 
if we can play with enough force, we're going to have some real success. And if we if we don't play with full force to kind of break through a couple front line things, then it's going to be really it's going to be challenge it's going to be a real challenge for us. This is the fifth meeting in Provo against the Titans, and it hasn't gone well, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 1-3 against Cal State Fullerton at home all time. I couldn't believe this when I saw it. BYU's only win was in 1979 on your eventual birthday. Pre-game starts on the radio at 8 Eastern. The game is at 9 Eastern. Dave Blaine Spencer on the call. What is it about the Titans? I don't know, but they're not very uh, Titan-y, given that they lost to a D2 team in an exhibition. Yeah, BYU but, uh, about to be 2-3 and three at home against Cal State over. Fullerton. Hey. We, we got here. We're here. Is it November 5th? V for Vendetta? Yes. Remember, remember the... Wait, is that a different day? Am I off on that? I can't remember. (laughs) Is it the 25th of November? I don't know. (laughs) I don't remember either. No, 5th. No, it's 5th. It's the 5th of November. Here we are. We're here. May the force be with BYU basketball, by the way. Yes, exactly. Because BYU basketball sophomore guard Jesse Wade will undergo exploratory knee surgery today. When asked about a timeline for his return, head coach Mark Pope said, could be a couple of weeks, could be six months. He could be out for the year if, if they discover something in that. He has discomfort. They don't exactly know what it is. So. BYU just doesn't know. And the Cougars already without Yoli Childs, Gavin Baxter, and Zach Selyus returning from a broken foot. Throw in Jesse Wade, who is out to start the season. Come on, man. Let's get healthy. Remember, remember the 5th of November. There you go. The gunpowder treason implant. There you go. BYU track and field head trainer Dustin Williams has been named head athletic trainer on the USA track and field medical staff for the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. That's awesome. Williams served in the same role in 2016 in Rio de Janeiro, or as you say in Portuguese, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, I've worked on that a lot. Yeah, it's hard for me to say Rio de Janeiro. Uh I can barely say it. Yeah. It's kind of like, like it's hard you for me and to Hyundai. say. You, yeah. you and Hyundai. Yeah. Oh, Hyundai. It just, it just sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, it sounds so bad. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Calling all quarterbacks. Or maybe we're just calling the most healthy BYU quarterback. So who is the most healthy. You just heard Kalani Satake address the possibility of Zach Wilson playing this Saturday as he recovers from a broken thumb. The coach also addressed the status of Jaron Hall, who left the Utah State game early, essentially at halftime after taking another perceived hit to the head. Day-to-day thing and, and um, our mindset is to just make sure that he's healthy. That's, that's all that matters right now. And football would have to, would have to be you know, something that's way down the list on, on making sure that he's healthy and ready to go. And once we get him back and better than ever, that we'll be ready to play him. All three BYU quarterbacks are currently listed on the depth chart hmm. with the divider word or Wilson or Hall or Romney. So, Jerem, if all three quarterbacks are cleared, who do you start on Saturday against Liberty? Zach Wilson. You start Zach Wilson. He's the best quarterback on the roster. But maybe he's not leaps and bounds better than we thought. We've seen Jaron Hall play really good. Man, Jaron Hall was really good in that first half. Bo Hodge is like, yeah, I know what that's like, you know, a couple years ago. Baylor Romney has proven to be a winner. 2-0 against the Mountain West, right? Um, By the way, uh, Jaron Hall, if he was a pitcher, he's a center fielder, I know. If he was a pitcher, he gets the win against Utah State because BYU pitched a shutout and had the lead half. So Baylor Romney came in 
and uh, got a hold, if you will. Okay. The margin wasn't by three runs or fewer. It wasn't a save? Yeah, it wasn't a save. It wasn't three or fewer, right? Uh, <laughs> three good quarterbacks. I mean, th- this is awesome. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with who you play. Now, Zach Wilson, nursing, uh, you know, recovering from a broken thumb, getting ready. We'll see how soon he can be ready. Jaron Hall, it would appear, two concussions, right, in two games. That is scary. That is scary. You don't want to uh, risk more damage, you know, to the brain. That is a serious thing. And so I'll be surprised, um, you know, if we see Jaron soon. Who knows? I, we don't know a lot about the severity and whatnot. BYU will assess that and make a great decision. Then Baylor Romney's got a foot injury. So all three kind of are figuring some things out. But the great news is whoever you put in there, I think we all feel good about those yes. three, which is insane. BYU has quite the luxury here, and they should use that luxury to rest Jaron Hall. BYU doesn't need to play him against Liberty. They don't need to play him against Idaho State. Get him right for if and when he needs to play against UMass. Right now it's, in my mind, either Zach Wilson or Baylor Romney. And if Zach Wilson is cleared, yeah, you start Zach Wilson. When I go to the steakhouse, I want the filet mignon, okay? It's the best steak on the menu, in my opinion. And then I see the price, and I get something else. Even if it's a little more rare than my liking, a.k.a. Zach's not fully healthy, if he's clear, yeah, I still want the filet mignon. Might not be as good as it can be, but it'll still be pretty good. Zach Wilson, if he's cleared, should start this game. Bring him back. Let him shake off the rust. Beat Liberty, who doesn't play a ton of defense, but they play a whole lot of offense. Mm-hmm. So let Zach Wilson find his tracking against the Liberty Flames. And if he's not the guy, is anybody worried about Baylor Romney coming in? No. This game smells of Baylor Romney. Yes, I think it will be Baylor yes. Romney. There's no hurry for Zach Wilson, broken thumb. Like, if he's ready, great. If he's not at all, like, if Zach Wilson is a hundy, let's go. If he's not, just wait. You don't need Zach Wilson until San Diego State. You just don't. Well, there's the, there's the concern that Baylor Romney is a little bit hobbled. He came, he was limping when he came out of the locker room, and he's dealing with that, so he's hobbled. There's a reason he doesn't sprint up to Gunner, by the way, after the touchdown. It's because he's got a foot injury. Yeah. So he just goes back to the uh, sideline there. Well, protect Baylor. Don't make him have to run around so much, and uh, I still think BYU would be just fine. But I'm, I think it will yeah. be Baylor. If Zach's cleared, though, start Zach. Interesting. Could Zach play in this game? We'll see. Topic two, the 2019-20 Lidlifter goes down tonight on BYU TV, BYU Radio, as the men's basketball team hosts Cal State Fullerton. Spencer, standards are high around here, on and off the court. Is it NCAA tournament or bust for BYU men's basketball? Yes, 100%. The Cougars and Mark Pope set the standard here just a few weeks ago. In this studio, in that seat over there, it is clearly NCAA tournament or bust. Regardless of the injuries, Yoli Child's nine-game suspension, Zach Selyus, when is he going to return? The clear goal is to get to the NCAA tournament. If BYU doesn't, then it should hurt. It's not their desired mark. When you don't hit that mark, yes, you should feel pain. If they don't reach it but still get to the NIT, then technically there is progress from last year. But I don't know how much the team will feel or the fan base will feel that that is progress because Jake Toulson came back. And Yoli Childs came back. TJ Haas is a senior. This team has a ton of experience and senior leadership, which is why I think it 100% is NCAA tournament or bust because they're an old, experienced team, and these guys came back. So it just changed everything. What changed everything for me, and I held that opinion during the summer when we talked about this, and maybe even media day, what changed everything for me is when Gavin Baxter got hurt. 
all of a sudden, BYU just doesn't have size. You're playing Dalton Nixon at the four, hoping he's really good, and he's improved, which would be great. But he's not a game changer. He's a glue guy. Has a valuable role on this team. Uh, Gavin Baxter changed everything. Because with Gavin Baxter in the first nine games, you at least have some length and size and rim protection. And a crazy vertical leap. Yes, awesome. BYU is too small, in my opinion, to do enough damage in the first nine games to get an at-large bid. If BYU somehow wins the tourney, that's incredible and a miracle, and BYU's in, and that's awesome. So I have changed my mindset on this so that I will enjoy this season a little more than I would have. Because I think if you think it's tournament or bust, we may not enjoy the season for what it is. We're going to see some fun games, some fun performances, some fun wins, right? It's just going to be tough without Yoli Childs for nine games. Thank you, NCAA. You're the worst. Injury to Gavin Baxter, injury to Zach Selyus, now injury to Jesse Wade. That's tough. Alex Barcella will help a ton, don't get me wrong. T.J. Haas is a senior, awesome. Jake Toulson is going to be amazing. But I just think it's going to be tough to be one of those non-power uh, leagues that gets multi-bids, right, and and get be a two- or three-bid league. It sounds like St. Mary's an NCAA tournament team preseason, right? Three-bid league in the WCC feels hard. So It's only I, happened once, and it was the first year BYU was in the league. Right, and you're living off some of Jimmer's laurels there a little bit, right? And, and BYU had a, a different kind of program. I think that it's not turn your bust. I, I'm not saying the NCAA is like, yes, yay, success. But I think that this can still be a good season without it. I just think BYU is going to be too small for too long. Okay, so if BYU ends up in the NIT, in your mind, it's not a bust. No, no. Because a, of a, a Gavin bust, Baxter. A bust would be, there's no middle ground in here. You know what I mean? There's no middle ground. It's like, it's either everything or nothing. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. There's always middle ground. There's always nuance, right? I'm kind of digging this logic that you're throwing out, Jeremy. It's, it's uh, you know, typically I'm logically sound, and, but today I'm <laughs> emotional and rational. Let's get a little illogical right now, shall Let's we? With go. a black cat conundrum. Monday night football between the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants had an interesting and unexpected intermission when a black cat took the field. <laughs> Kevin Harlan... Longtime sportscaster on radio had an amazing call of the event. The Giants led when this mystery feline appeared. Mm-hmm. They did not win, Jerem. Did the cat ruin New York's chances? More importantly, who or what is the black cat inside BYU sports? I have two things. One, Max Hall's rant against Utah after the 2009 overtime win. That's one. BYU hasn't won since. I and hate Utah. There you go. <laughs> well, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> the other is Jimmer Fredette defeating with BYU St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we all thought, oh, this is going to be great in the WCC. We're going to win the league. This is going to be great. We don't have to play UNLV on their own court in the tournament title game. <sighs> we were wrong about that one. Really good. Those are the two black cats. Okay. I've got one for you. It is the Utah State football program injuring BYU quarterbacks. Mm. It's getting out of yeah. hand, isn't yeah. it? it? No. And. Hey, we did it a couple times too, right? Chucky Keaton, twice? It's ridiculous what happens in that game. So you rewind all the way back to 2014. Everything's great. BYU's got the lead in the standings, if you will. They're ranked in the top 20. They're 4-0. They got through the gauntlet of the first three Power 5 teams. And then Utah State comes in and injures Taysom Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It, it happened then in 2016. It happens again, well, Jeremy. In 2012, Taysom, Taysom in 2012 it happened to yeah. Taysom when he was a freshman. Bo Hodge that, that at was... Utah State. Everything was good. BYU's got the lead. Concussion. Out. Yeah. 2019, Jaron Hall. Concussion. Out. It's, it's out of control. That's the weird black cat. Fortunately, Baylor Romney was able to squelch that 
uh, I, I don't know, bad Baylor luck. Baylor Romney greater than Coy Denver yes. Jr. Ba- <laughs> There's that. <laughs> and too. I love Coy. And BYU got the win. But yeah, yeah, the black cat, man, it's been Utah State. Yeah. Weird stuff. Okay, our question of the day. We want to know what you think. What or who is the black cat of BYU sports? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. In on Twitter, at CL underscore living. BYU seems to have bad luck with injuries to key players. Zach Wilson, Tyson Williams, Gavin Baxter, Jaron Hall, Anderson, Celius. Do I need to go on? Hashtag BYUSN. Now, if a black cat shows up on your porch and it's forward-facing at you, that's a good omen, by the way. It's if if it's running away from you. That's bad. So I... These black cats represent the running away from you part, right? There's good black cat mojo there. Okay. It exists. Show me the positive black cat. Come to the door (laughs) of Studio B and stare at us. Or it's an issue in the Matrix, right? (laughs) Coming up, Jonathan Tavernari helps us preview the men's basketball season. Maybe David Nixon is our black cat that is forward-facing and ready to come into Studio B with good omens. He's always ready to hit somebody. He joins us next. Why can BYU potentially run the table? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, watch after further review as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon explain how the Cougars took back the old wagon wheel and preview the game with the concept of liberty. There's a Utah State fan that also watches BYU Sports Nation and is oh, yeah, a BYU that, fan. Okay, there absolutely. are there are more crossovers sure, for yeah. sure that said. We know a lot of Utah fans are watching this, interested in BYU. I, I got to find his handle, but he said, there's one week I can't stand BYU Sports Nation, and it's the build-up to Utah State. Why? <laughs> I, I you know, know what I liked even more? <laughs> Yesterday's show. Okay. Talking about a 42-14 win. Well, I tweeted out the wagon wheel picture, and I was like, I want this back. Yeah. And uh, when BYU was inching towards taking it back, he said, you can have it for your trashy hoopty, okay? Okay, hoopty is like a wagon. <laughs> your trashy hoopty? <laughs> oh, I love fans what? so much. I love it. I love it. The Dude's wagon wheel is back. Farm. And it's still heavy. Yeah. Joining us in Studio B for our day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play and some conversation about the wagon wheel and much more is former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon. You ready to uh, take so, a ride on the trashy so hoopty? I'm trying to remember the last time I was on here. Were we celebrating a win as well? I feel like... Uh, good vibes? After yeah. Boise State, maybe? Yeah, I think maybe, it was after Boise David, State. maybe you are the forward-facing black cat of Studio okay, B. Okay, no more Blaine, just you. Just me, that's fine. Which yeah, Blaine still has an AOL email address we're talking about. <laughs> that's insane, right? <laughs> I didn't even know they still exist. I do still remember my screen name, David CS. It's called Station. I grew up at College Station. Station. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was a cool screen name you could ever have. Way to not put that. like the year you were born or something. <laughs> and it, you know what I mean? Everyone did that back in the day. Did you use Juno? No. Ever? I used Juno. Juno. Did you ever use Juno? No. no. Good movie too. Lycos, yeah. maybe? What? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know that one. Don't Napster? <laughs> Let's just, let's so just go through the, 90s, out there. Things. the, the late oh, okay. 90s things. On to new things, uh, because BYU just beat we on? <laughs> second consecutive rival to get to 4-4. Four and four. and I'm, I, Again, we rewind. 
We all said, oh, BYU's four and four out of the first day. Absolutely, we'll take oh, it. Oh, yeah, this is great. Here Just, we are. It's crazy how they got to four and four. So let's focus on the fourth victory. David, what was the most impressive thing you saw from BYU football against Utah State? For me, it was a consistent effort start to finish. I, you know, when BYU even went into halftime up 21-14, I felt like BYU had complete control of the game, even at that point, even though the score reflected a seven-point advantage. Yeah, I guess it scored just before half. But the fact that BYU came out at halftime, and, and BYU struggled in the second half this year. Granted, they have flipped the, flipped the script a little bit the last few games, scoring a lot in the third quarter. 35 nothing. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, the fact that they didn't put their foot on the gas pedal and just squashed any hopes of Utah State coming back and shut them out, shut them out in the second half, I think that's the most impressive part is this, is this team was focused from the get-go. There, yes, there were some turnovers they had to overcome. You know, we got the Supa uh, fumble on the goal line, uh, which was always tough when you're that close and you, you smell the end zone to all of a sudden fumble it. Uh, it's tough for a team to overcome sometimes, but you did. And so with all the adversity, with, of course, the whole injury to Jaron at halftime, uh, to be able to overcome all of that and, and come out with a decisive victory and to know they even put – they left some points on the board. I mean, Kalani mentioned that in the postgame too. He said, you know, we still put – we still left some points out there that we, we should have had. So um, just great effort all around. And, and the fact that they did it on the road as well uh, was even more impressive up there at Utah State, which, you know, for, for all 5,000 fans that are there in the game – At the end, there were only 5,000. Uh, <laughs> they were mostly BYU fans. It can be a tough environment for sure. So for the fact that BYU went up there and, and, and took that victory uh, is – I think that tells me a lot about this team and where they're headed because once again, this is a team that just a few weeks ago – I think a lot of BYU fans were counting them out and just kind of riding off the season. People were ready to say this team wasn't going to go to a bowl game. There's two and four. and it was They were Boise staring State. at that, though. They had yes. to win one of the three Mountain Conference games to still go to a bowl game. We're they thinking, two. And I remember here a few weeks ago saying, okay, well, which ones are going to be – which Mountain game can they win? I think, okay, Boise State, you know, top 20 in the country. That's going to be Probably tough. not. Probably not. Utah State on the road. They're looking good this season. Probably not. And New State at the time was like five and <laughs> They're ranked. I mean, yeah. so it was, it was looking bleak. But, but BYU all of a sudden rouses off two straight wins. And now it's like, okay, what, what, what else could BYU do this season? Can they win it out? Can they get on a streak and go hot and, and take a big run towards the end of the season? Complete credit to the coaches because the same players are playing essentially, right? Um, and perhaps at, at quarterback it's been interesting. Zach Wilson had to play like the four power fives in a row, gets hurt against Toledo, BYU lose against South Florida because they can't stop the run. Then things change. But let's talk about the quarterback. So Zach Wilson maybe getting back earlier than we think. But if BYU played Baylor-Romney the rest of the year, are you completely comfortable with that idea if that's what it had to be? Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. I mean, he's coming to show that he's very calm, cool, and collected. I mean, you look at that at the Utah State game, and frankly, Boise State, too. Nothing rouses him. I think, Spencer, you, you were laughing with him. Hey, what's your resting heart rate? Uh, 10, because, 12. <laughs> because when you see him come in the game, he, he literally, he's just sit there. There's no motion on his face. He's just all business. And that's exactly what we see out of a quarterback. You don't want a guy that's all high and low, and you're not sure what quarterback you're going to get because they're so emotionally all over the place. You want somebody that can go out there and be that field general that can command this offense. And he's done that. And keep in mind, he's not doing anything extraordinary. It's not like he's out there running around and, and creating tons of plays. He's doing what the offense has asked him to do. That's sit back in the pocket, make some easy reads. We're seeing plays right here. Quick bubble screens. That's a very easy read. Get it out to your wide receiver. Easy throw, easy catch. And so these type of plays, and, the, and like you said, Jeremy, I, I think you look at this offensive staff and what they've done with these quarterbacks. The fact that you're playing two, the, the second, third string, even got your fourth string quarterback in uh, last week. Credit to this offensive staff for getting these guys ready because it's tough. It's tough when you're not getting those reps um, like a Baylor Romney throughout fall camp and even most of the season to have to step in in a game like this on the road when you're only up 21-14 and be able to come in and, and really execute basically flawlessly. Aaron Roderick, the quarterback coach, tremendous job. 
He's had more of an influence with the play calling and Fessy Sataki and whatnot. Steve Clark had called plays at Southern Utah before. It's been cool to see the collaboration where Jeff Grimes like, you know what, I'm going to go down on the field. And that's changed everything. The last two games, we feel completely different about this team and projecting forward into 2020 even with a lot of young guys. Well, listen, if there's a position group that I think has improved most over the last two games, it's the offensive line. I mean, you, you rewind back to that USF game, it was a debacle. I mean, we're talking, I think they had five, six sacks, eight TFLs. It was, 13 TFLs. 13 sacks. TFLs. Yeah, it, it was insane numbers, something I've never even seen in my life. Um, and, and the fact that all of a sudden Jeff Grimes goes down to the sideline and next thing you know they rebound against Boise State and Utah State and play great games, protect the quarterback, great push on the offensive line, great surge. And so uh, credit to him. And it, it was a move that I think Kalani and the rest of the staff looked at and said, we got to switch something up because it's not working. Whatever we're doing right now against USF and Toledo, it's not working. So we've got to switch it up. And credit to them, kudos to them. They did it. And, the, and frankly, the players have responded. And sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes some drastic change like that of moving coaches around to just switch things up a little bit. And it kind of wakes the players players up as well and I think that's what's happened this season is uh, guys kind of finally realize okay we if we want to have a crappy season then we just kind of keep on status quo but if we want to try and turn things around then it's up to us and it's also up to the coaching staff I think it was kind of all everyone bought in and uh, it's been fun to watch because I I think not only does it set the precedent and and kind of get the momentum going for these last few games of the season but this is something you can build on as a program moving forward uh, as the fact that you've gone on you've gotten to win you know had some tough moments but overcame adversity won two good games and then we'll see you know, like I said, we'll see how they go throughout these next few games. Yeah, you can't tell me that an offensive line coach at Auburn and LSU that had SEC experience being on the field doesn't help shore up that offensive awesome, line. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right, David, you brought up maybe BYU runs the table. Give me your case why BYU could run the table, put on your blue goggles, win a bowl game, and finish the season nine and four. Okay. Listen, I, I on count on the kickoff uh, three weeks ago before the Boys State game, we talked about this. And I was pretty pessimistic. I said, I don't, I don't think there's any chance. Now, I've, I've completely changed my mindset. I think there's a fantastic opportunity. We look at Liberty, record-wise, 6-3. and three, Yes, looks two strong. FCS teams. Yeah, it looks strong, but they've also really struggled against FBS teams, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think BYU comes out and plays their game. This is one of those games that BYU should dominate once again in the trenches, line scrimmage. Uh, but then you go on to Idaho State. Yeah, you see their record there. This is something BYU, especially here at home, senior Next. day. Senior day here at home. <laughs> I, I'm not too worried about that one. UMass, listen, UMass, bless your hearts. UMass might lose you, to Idaho State. <laughs> you guys are you guys are pretty rough this year. Um, Marcus Camby ain't walking. But, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what though. You know, BYU lost to UMass here at home, uh, and so if there's there's anything that says you know you got to get ready for a game, it's the fact that you've lost to him here on your own turf. That was before. the four and nine group, and that, it's also Andy yeah. Isabella, which was now playing the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NFL. He had yeah. a touchdown to it. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, two a weeks. nice touchdown. Yeah. Uh, and then I, what I circle, of course, is that San Diego State game. I think that is almost like a bowl game in and of itself because you get to go to San Diego. Diego, great weather uh, at the end of this month. Oh, yeah, of course you'd say that. You'll be on countdown to kick off there <laughs> with, in with San Spencer, Diego. With Spencer, with Spencer. Person. <laughs> yeah. We'll be Come having on, fun down in San Diego. But uh, no, I, I think that's, if San Diego State keeps winning the way they are, um, then there's a chance they obviously stay ranked. So that's another ranked opponent. BYU has a chance to knock off. So I think BYU has a great chance. Uh, if I were to put a percentage on it, I would say 70%. 70% yeah. BYU I'm bullish. runs the table. I'm bullish on BYU wrapping this thing up because here's the thing. These next three weeks, you continue to iron out the kinks. You continue to build your your, your depth and, and develop those young players. And as we've seen, we've, it's been talked about, Troy Warner, Chris, Chris Wilcox, some of these guys will get to come in and, and as they continue to get healthy, get some more reps as well. And so you'll have some talent coming back. Um, and like I said, you'll be able to, to rest some guys as well. So I'm, uh, I'm confident these, these, the Cougars, after what they've shown me the last few weeks, I think they can pull it together.
Let's talk about the BYU defense. Uh, suddenly, BYU is top 10 in turnover margin, interceptions, interceptions per game, 10 of those 12 picks by linebackers. Which it should be. That should be, that should be the case. Okay. <laughs> Naturally. Peyton Wilgar, we all called it, would lead the team with three. Uh, who? Uh, it's been awesome. What, what's changed with this BYU defense to create so many takeaways? Well, I think, once again, Eliza Tuyaki mentioned yesterday, he said, listen, after that USF game, we, we needed Kalani's help. And this was Kalani's specialty. And so uh, Kalani's been uh, m- more vocal with this defense side of the ball. And frankly, when you watch the film, Yes, Utah State first half, BYU's dropping a lot of eight, right? Rushing only three, dropping eight. It's Dave McCann's favorite thing yeah. when they drop eight. <laughs> we, and listen, I, I know a lot of BYU fans on my Twitter feed were not, were not loving it because Utah State was moving the ball. However, BYU was creating turnovers, and, and, and so they weren't putting up points per se. Um, but in the second half, BYU really turned it up, and, and they decided to blitz more often, go with more four-man fronts, and started to bring guys from all over the place, and that really confused Jordan Love. I think the game plan going to Utah State was the fact that you're facing a veteran guy like Jordan Love who's shown he has a capability, and so they wanted to drop back into, in, into more pass coverage because they figured he, they might pick him apart. Jordan Love might pick the BYU's defense apart if they tried to rush five or six at a time because he's that type of veteran-type uh, quarterback. So they went the game plan to, to only rush three, drop eight, and it paid off. But I think in the second half, they started uh, you know, bringing the heat a little more. The one play I love at the end, and yes, it was kind of a, at the end of the game where it didn't really matter much, but it was the Austin Confensis strip sack with I, Isaiah Kafusi recovering the fumble. That's his zone blitz, by the way. It was a, it was a, they rushed three. Well, they at least th- showed a three-man uh, pass rush, dropped all three defensive linemen, <laughs> and brought all four backers in and Confensis. I mean, something they haven't shown all season. And so plays like that, and I, I said this before, but – when a linebacker, when, when you see the defense player calling call a play that dials up a blitz for you, there's nothing that gets you more juice than, than knowing he has the confidence in you to try and go get that quarterback. Because when you do dial up blitzes, everyone knows you're leaving your back end out to hang, potentially. If you can't get home, if you can't get to the quarterback, those guys back there can only guard for three four seconds because it's tough on a, on a receiver that's running all over the place, right? Um, and so knowing that mentality that the, co- the coach has confidence in you to, to blitz the quarterback and get after him, uh, provides that juice. And then you come up with big plays like the strip sack or you cause fumbles, and that amps the entire unit as a whole. And so I think you'll see more of that. I think it'll be strategic. I don't think you're going to see a BYU team in the next few weeks to come and blitz every single play, uh, but I think you'll see it peppered in here and there and in, in specific situations. David, I think you should talk more about this on a show called After Further Review. Yeah, I think we might dive into this a little bit today. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just, right. just a little roughly bit. an hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the X's and O's. Check should it be out. A, should be a fun. Uh, should be a fun show. There's a lot to show. There's because there's a lot of good both on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, the defense, uh, special teams. I mean, you look at BYU, you controlled the field position, right? The starting field position as well this game. So yep. it was all around. It was it was a great game by all three phases, and it was fun to watch. And finally, a game where BYU fans we could sit back and just kind of take this one easy. Going into the fourth quarter, yeah. towards the fourth, you're sitting back. Drinking, uh, you know, eating some cookies, hanging out, whatever it may be. Uh, whereas in all these other games have been, you know, just Stressful. pure heart attacks. Yeah. Right. We were partying with the chicken broth and hot chocolate, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, David. Always fun. Okay, coming up, our season hoops projections. And Jonathan Tabernari on his pregame speech to the BYU basketball team before game number one. Oh, yeah, the whip is next featuring the BYU men's golf team. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yo, listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play, and enjoy On Demand, and subscribe, rate, and review. Let's whip it. Whoops! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Cougars host Liberty this week, the idea, and a team. Zach Wilson listed on the depth chart for the first time since his injury against Toledo as a starter with Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney as three potential starters. Maybe BYU will line up three in the backfield. We'll see. (laughs) 
Countdown to kickoff begins at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific on BYU TV. And for the first time ever, we're live before the radio pregame because they're doing basketball postgame. San Diego State. About time. 30 minutes later for the radio. Men's basketball. Host Cal State Fullerton in the regular season opener on BYU TV and BYU Radio. If you missed our weird stat of the day, BYU just 1-3 against Cal State Fullerton at home. BYU's only win back in 1979 on my eventual birthday. You were born, what, three years later? Two years. years. Pre-game starts at... You were born at 81? Yes. 8 Eastern on the radio. Game airs on BYU TV live at 9 Eastern. I always thought you were a year older. You're two years older than me. Mm -hmm. One. It all makes sense now, doesn't it? Yesterday, Mark Pope announced sophomore guard Jesse Wade will undergo exploratory knee surgery today that could take him out a few weeks all the way up to the whole season, maybe. Six months. Additionally, Gavin Baxter out for the season with a shoulder injury. And Yoli Childs will serve the first of a nine-game suspension. Track and field. Head trainer of BYU track and field, Dustin Williams, named the head athletic trainer on the USA track and field medical staff for the 2020 Tokyo Summer Olympic Games. Nice. Williams served in the same role in the 2016 games in Rio de Janeiro. Really, did, really close. How did I do? Really, oh. really, really close. Our next guest enjoyed that one. All right, all right. Golf. The sixth-ranked BYU, the sixth-ranked BYU men's golf team currently in second after the opening round of the St. Mary's Invitational. The Putten Cougs are eight under, and Peter Quest for perfection is tied for fourth at four under. Back to the clubhouse with Spencer. Remember how Peter Quest uh, is competing to be the best individual college golfer in the country right now? I do remember it's, that. The quest for perfection awesome. is quite literal. Uh, yeah, he's trying to be the best guy. That's awesome. <laughs> Our question of the day. We've been talking about black cats based on the black cat that showed up on Monday Night Football last night between the yes. Cowboys and the Giants. It's a bad omen, or is it a good omen, it can, I'm telling you, there's a good omen element to a black cat that people are forgetting. What is the black cat of BYU sports is our question of the day. At Twiggy or Stone answers on Twitter. For football, it's Utah State. There always seems to be a quarterback getting injured. It stinks for both teams, but mostly BYU, right? Yeah, Weird. Coming up, how many wins do we think men's hoops will have this season? And Jonathan Tavernari on why it's NCAA tournament or bust for the Cougars. This is BYU Sports Nation. Say Rio again. Rio Gijanero. Nice. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Hoops regular season tips off tonight. It's a ball night. Cougars host Cal State Fullerton. Listen to the game on BYU Radio. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Watch it on BYU TV an hour later, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Stoked for this. Uh, you know who else is stoked for this? I do. The man who is joining us in Studio B, former BYU basketball standout, sharpshooter, JT for three. Jonathan Tavernari He's back in studio. In studio. What's up, JT? Welcome, brother. Appreciate it, fellas. How many, uh, how many uh, titles did you win again? Conference titles? Three. Yeah. And a box out away from four. Oh. Mm. Noah Hartsock's fault, that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Go look. Wow, we're, we're firing bullets out of the gate. He tried to go block a shot and uh, instead of boxing his guy out. So, yeah. Let him know, uh, We're JT. starting on that note. Wow. Let him know. Okay. It's true. It's true. It's true. Okay, uh, already dropping bombs. I love it. I love it. What did you learn about BYU in their first and only public exhibition on Friday against UT Tyler? That if we can consistently make uh, – 40, 45% of three-pointers on a nightly basis, we're going to have a really fun season, you know. Uh, just these exhibition games are, they are a no-win scenario because if they lose like Carl State, you know, uh, Cal State did, then you're just, you know, kind of like the shame of the village because you lost to a D2 team. 
Appalachian State, Michigan, if you guys remember. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you win, it's like, hey, guys, good job. It was Friday, Saturday, we got practice because you guys did nothing more than what you were supposed to do. You won by 50, ho-hum. Right. And so, but the way that they played, and I, I believe it, the, the clips are showing right now, it was sharing the ball, extra passes. It was slashing and, and kicking it out. And, I mean, we were loaded with shooters, and uh, Jake got going, uh, Trav got going. Uh, and so it was, you know, it, I, I, my thing is with the whole thing with Yoli and Gavin and now with Jesse, um, if we can, I remember, I think, uh, Ben Crito and Greg Rebell were talking about 37%, 38% from three. If we can shoot around 40, 42, I think we're going to have a great, great season. Okay. 28 teams last year in college basketball shot 38% or better. Five shot 40% or better. Yeah, is, it, I mean, is it realistic to be in that area? That's, that's tough, right? I mean, with the it, new three point line. It, it, it doesn't matter though, because if, you know, these guys, when I get to play with them, especially in the summertime, obviously now way less, but it, it we're all shooting from way back anyway, you know? And so it, it, it's really not that big of a difference. Um, but I, I don't see why not. But obviously there's going to be cold nights where we're going to go two for 21. Right. And we're going to have to figure out a way to win. I mean, Coach Pope was talking about being tough, being physical. Um, and, you know, those nights where the inside game where Jake can back up somebody a little bit or Kobe can, you know, be an inside presence. Um, but if we night in and night out can knock down 40 plus percent, I think we're going to be really tough to beat. Jonathan Tavernari with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking BYU basketball because the season tips off tonight. What are your season expectations for this team, knowing that Yoli Childs will miss the first nine games and Gavin Baxter is out for the entire season? Yeah, I, you know, um, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, he said it so I can say, you know, the NCAA is dumb. I really think it's dumb because he even paid back all everything that happened. And so um, why not just, With interest. you know, why not just make then community service, which I know that nowadays is a possibility. So I think that was that was ludicrous and that's you no know, that was extremely ridiculous. But uh, we have to be realistic. Your best player, your senior best player. How long has it been? You know, at you know, ever since Kyle Collinsworth graduated, that we're talking about a senior um, best player, and he's out for a third of the season, pretty much. You know, and it it, it will be felt. You know what I mean? We can't kids ourselves, and you know we hope for the best, but you plan for the wor- for excuse me, you plan for the worst, but. How do you not feel that? You know, and I, you know, I feel like Gavin last year before, obviously before, you know, the, the WCC tournament debacle against USD, but um, he was coming into his own 15, 20, 25 point games, mm-hmm. double, double putbacks. And he was being an energy glue guy, like you mentioned earlier. Um, and so, you know, obviously Yoli comes back afterwards, but you're going to feel Gavin. And I will say this and, and no knock on Jesse, but we are going to miss um, Gav, way more than we're going to miss the period that Jesse's out. Because you have, you know, you have, Bar- you know, it's, by the way, it's Barcello. Barcello. It's not Barcello, all right? Let's make sure we get that clear. <laughs> if we're talking r- Italian, r- yes. R- right? But anyway, you know, <laughs> Alex is going to be there, and you have Trev, who showed at the exhibition game, just all these things that you can't do, and all these guys. Um, TJ's going to get better. Same thing with Evan, but... Um, you know, I, I think that Gavin's absence for the entire year, which is a shame, you know, because last year you could switch, you know, between him and Yoli, the four and the five, yeah. and play up and down and, and switch it on the small ball and, and all of that, and they're definitely going to miss him. Those first nine games are going to be tough. I, I think BYU's got – those first nine, I'm with you on the – you got to be in the 40% three-point range right. to give yourself a shot against these kind of tougher competition. And BYU's got a tough schedule with uh, – 
with potentially Kansas, right. uh, still have UCLA, San Diego State, UNLV. Utah State's a top-20 team. Nevada's Houston's not, no pushover. Nevada's, Nevada's right not bad yeah. with uh, so this, Steve Alford, my buddy. Your buddy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. You, we, should, we should have you walk in the line like as a, like as a GA. Just, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. That'd be yeah. funny. Yeah. But, you know, what I would say is, and just based on the expectations, right, because you guys were talking about earlier in the show about NCAA or bust. Now, here's the thing. I don't personally think it's NCAA or bust because here's the thing. Up until uh, Kyle graduated, up until KC was here and, you know, most triple doubles ever and all that, we were either a always presence in the NCAA tournament or we were making deep runs into the NIT, which I don't consider a bust. Right, that's a that's a solid right. season. A bust is not making the NIT. Right? I think a bust is not making the NIT or doing well there. I dad would say, you know, I would say like, okay, well, you know, if we're a bubble team, that's different. But I think that to make the NCAA run, to make maybe you know get to the NCAA tournament, we need to shoot four percent or better from three. Okay, so that that's the to the offset key. no size, right? Be, be, not only that, but to offset the fact that we need to win games when they matter. You know what I mean? And Gonzaga, great team, and I know we always talk about Gonzaga. You know, we're gonna roll over them and, and, and St. Mary's and all that. But it's it obviously those games you get up for those games. So the worry shouldn't be about can we beat Gonzaga, can we beat St. Mary's, but mm-hmm. can we get hyped enough? to go into Loyola Marymount and just run them off the court at their place. Can we get excited enough when we go to USD or when we go to some of these other schools to Pepperdine that's, you know, my gym at Bishop Gorman is bigger than Pepperdine's. <laughs> it looks like, you know, it looks like an auditorium. You know, and so how do we have the perception of, late? Hey, we're going to get, we're going to run these guys off the floor because we're BYU and the perception about BYU is, it's always been here, right? It's slowly coming, but... I think something that Mark brings back is the fact that with BYU, young guy, energetic, has to prove himself, you know, because with all due respect with Mark Metzen, who is one of my great friends, um, but BYU, right, and then UVU, when it comes to the perception about the basketball program. Sure. And so it, we have to get back to that of not only just, hey, let's beat Gonzaga, let's beat St. Mary's, but let's get ranked. Let's run these teams that should have no business being on the same court as us. And to do that, we need to shoot, you know, quite well from from outside. JT for three. Great to have you back, man. Appreciate it. We need to do this again soon. Let's Uh, do it. Just make your way to uh, the locker room and give them a pregame speech. I need you to, I need <laughs> right. you to fire them up, okay? Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Thanks Great so much. To see you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Coming up, our men's hoop season projections guaranteed to be cold takes later. <laughs> Who's going to be the leading scorer for BYU basketball, Jerem? This is BYU Sports Why'd you ever shave your head? Your hair looks great, JT. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. A reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you choose to get your podcast. The show is also available on demand anytime via BYU TV and BYU Radio's app. Okay, Jerem, are you ready yes. to unveil yes. freezing go. cold takes? <laughs> we kid, kind well, of. They will be in the future. Our 2019-2020 BYU season projections go, go now. Let's go. Beginning with the leading scorer, Jerem. 
And I'm going to tip things off. I say Yoli Child Shocker. at 20 points a game will be the leading score for BYU basketball this season. I say Yoli Childs as well, but I go 18.3. I think it just dips a little bit. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. He was 21.9 last season. And I, I'm with you. I think he'll lose a few shots to TJ Haas, Alex Barcelo, certainly Jake Toulson. So it'll dip a little bit. I just think it'll dip that much. Okay, leading rebounder. I say Yoli Childs. I think that one's pretty obvious. I think he goes up to Ooh. 10 a game. Okay, so he's he was nine point seven. He's up at ten. He's around what Eric Mika did his sophomore year. Who's going to rebound? Nineteen and ten guy. Who's going to rebound? He's the only big in there with Dalton Nixon, Colby Lee. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Nine to ten rebounds a game for Yoli Childs. He's gonna, he's going to put up a double double on the regular. Yes, if he doesn't have a double double, you know, it was a disappointing game. <laughs> Leading three point shooter by number of makes. Yes, Jeremy, I'm going with T.J. Haas. Okay. At 60 even. He went 70 plus his freshman season. Then he's been mid-50s to high-50s. I think he'll jump up. But again, there's there are a lot of mouths to feed, especially yes. in the three-point line. So I think TJ Haas, 63-point makes. Jake Toulson, 61. Just Ooh. one higher than you. Okay. Um, made 69 at Utah Valley last year for reference, by the way. So he, he was up there. Yeah. A lot of, of three-pointers are going to go up. That is for sure. Okay, leading three-pointers by attempts. I have Jake Toulson, 150. I say T.J. Haas. In each of the last two seasons, he has attempted exactly 162. Exactly? Uh Uh-huh. So it's going to be 162 (laughs) for a third straight year. I was wondering how you came over there. That's funny. (laughs) Okay, on to the next. Blank will lead the team in fouls, Jerem. Connor Harding, because he's going to play the four a lot. So he's going to have 72 fouls. Now, I would say Yoli Childs. But he's going to miss nine games, so that number is going to be lower than it would be. My preseason winner for the annual Nate Austin Award for most fouls is Colby Lee, <laughs> Oh, Jerem. he's going to have enough playing time to merit that? BYU's going to have to play Colby Lee. Should it be the Luke Worthington Award, too? Because he was a high foul per minute yes, guy. Yes, exactly. Luke Use them. You have them. Was the foul guy last year. He was physical. Colby Lee's going to be way, that guy. By the way, there's a guy that I play pickup in the morning. He always fouls like three times in a game, which it's like, if this was real, you'd be sitting for the rest of the half. So whenever <laughs> he has a foul, I go, that's one. That's two. That's three. Sub. Two. Sub. 70 fouls for Colby Lee. You say 72 for Connor Hart. Regular season record. I say 21 and 10. 9 and 6 in non-con. You're always trying to figure it out without Yoli Childs. 12 and 4 in the West Coast Conference. What say ye? I say with blue goggles firmly affixed, Jerem. There's something about this team. I am bought in on Mark Pope and this staff. I know Yoli Childs is out. Gavin Baxter's out. 23 and 8, Jerem. 23 and 8. won't be good enough to make the tourney as an at-large. 10 and 5 non-conference. 13 and 3 in the West Coast Conference. Well then, which brings us to this. Record versus St. Zaga. That is St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Okay. <sighs> Want it to be better. 1 and 3. Oh, okay. I think BYU gets one of the four in the regular season. I think it will be better than that, Jerem. There's something about Mark Pope beating big teams. It's going to happen. Like It's just going to happen, especially because Yoli Childs will be back for all of these games. Two and two. No, he's going to miss a few of these games. He's going to miss Kansas. No, no, he's not going to miss anything against. He's not going to miss anything against St. Zaga. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, he'll play all of the games against St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Two and two in the regular season against the Gales. You're saying two wins against ranked teams. Yeah, man. On paper, BYU should win zero. By the way, if they don't go two and two against those four, they're not going twenty three and eight. So I. (laughs) There's your logic. It's got to be there. West Coast Conference record against non-St. Zaga teams. Uh, I have 11-1. and one. Yeah, because I have 1-3. and 11-1. and one. 
I agree with you. One stumble. 11 and one in the regular season. BYU lost zero of the non. Well, they lost to San Francisco last year. That was it. BYU was pretty clean. San last Francisco year. was a really good Until team last year. Until the tourney. Yeah. Well, San Francisco was a good team, and they became a not good team. Okay. BYU, BYU will finish. finish. What in the West Coast Conference? Tied for second, Jerem. Third. T2. Third. St. Mary's is too good. Yeah. You, so I think St. Mary's is going to lose three conference games and be right there I do with too, BYU. But I think BYU will lose four. <laughs> okay. And BYU will play in the blank tournament in the postseason. NIT. It'll be the NIT. I hope it's the NCAA tournament. I hope BYU figures it out. Miracle pulls it out in Vegas. But if I got to stand here and tell you what I think is going to actually happen, I'll say NIT. At 23-8. and eight. BYU will be firmly on the bubble. They will be discussed. BYU will be a team that's like, ah, oh, they've got some decent and wins. Will be the moral victory of the season. They will be a bubble team, Man. but likely play in the national invitation tournament. NIT. Yeah, I hope if Yoli Childs was healthy and Gavin Baxter was healthy, we'd both be sitting here saying BYU is going to get into the. Well, tournament. Yoli's healthy. Not. He just has to sit I mean, out the I first mean, nine the nine, games. Well, he's yeah. not NCA healthy. NCA. <laughs> <laughs> It said, you are sick. You are injured. <laughs> Our question of the day. What's the black cat of BYU sports? Our elite voice of the Our day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at LJ Pearson. One answers on Twitter. Wow, this is weird. I don't get the reference. But if you mean what Cougar likes to scamper around in the end zone. That's I not what we mean. Lopini Katoa. Okay. <laughs> Monday Night Football reference. Yeah. Somebody tweet at LJ Pearson one the... Monday night football Just situation. The superstition of a black cat yes. and bad luck. That, and, that too. You know, uh-huh. Suddenly that's a bit. Uh-huh. No, yeah. Never heard of it? Okay. Okay. Today's rise and shout outs. Jeremy, I'm giving mine to at Ames Flames. Mm-hmm. Amy Bangerter Jones, yeah. friend of the program, longtime watcher and listener. She sent out a tweet on Saturday night when BYU was in control of the game against the Aggies. In July, my brother said he put $20 on USU beating BYU. I said make it 200 Just got the notification from Venmo. He paid her 200 bucks, but then she sent it back to him because he's a poor college student. That is an elite sister. Yeah, if you had a real job, you could take that 200 uh, Mine goes to Shaylee Gonzalez and Kaylee Smiler for their dance on TikTok, uh, both of the women's basketball team. The NCAA women's basketball account posted it, and it was amazing. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Great dance. Yeah. Shaylee's moving and off of a torn ACL. Yeah. She's out for the season, we're told. But then Jeff Judkin said, I turn around and I see her shooting. And I'm like, can she play? Can she still play four games and keep her red shirt? Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, thanks to today's guests, David Nixon and Jonathan Tabernari. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUF. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Scott Runya. He was on the team that beat Cal State Fullerton. See you tonight for BYU basketball against the Titans, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Season opener, go Cougs!